you know, you think if God wants this early church to grow, then he's going to use easy things, right? Isn't that how this works? If God's got a plan for this early church, then it's going to be laid out and it's going to be simple and it's going to be easy and there's going to be no tough times. It's all going to be easy times and, and he is going to bless it. And that's, that's how it works, right? When you do the right thing, everything always lines up right. This early church is booming, right? You remember you began with the eleven. And then they had a group of about 70 to 120 that followed. The day of Pentecost happens, 3,000 get saved. The Lord adds to their number daily. They begin to eat together. They begin to do meals together. They begin, because remember, people came in from everywhere. And now they're all in this area of Jerusalem. They're centralized, and there's power in this unity. And there was incredible unity in this early church. So surely if God's going to grow this early church, he's going to use easy things. He's going to use simple things. He's going to say, if you pray and you do the little things I tell you, then life's always going to go just right. Church begins to feel some pains going on because they had widows amongst the church that needed taking care of, and they divided up the people and and said the apostles said well we need some people to to take care of these widows what we talked about last week and they assigned a young man named Stephen Stephen a man full of faith you'll you'll be great he's a servant he's servant minded so that's his role right he's going to he's going to care for the these ladies in this early church and he's one of these table setters that's going to do that but Stephen had a story. Stephen had a story burning in his soul, and it was the story of a resurrected Savior. It was the story of who Jesus was, and he began to proclaim that story. He began to tell that story, and that story got Stephen in a lot of trouble. Stephen was bold. Stephen was strong, and Stephen was unashamed of the story so there was a group of people, the religious leaders of the day, they couldn't stop the movement of this church. So they're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to arrest the people that are telling these stories. And if we arrest them, they will shut up and they will comply and they will fall in line and they will, they will quiet down and we'll hush this thing and we'll keep this story, this false story of a, of a resurrected Savior. We're going we're gonna to squash it. We're going to pour water on it. So they said Stephen was telling blasphemous things and they arrest Stephen. They bring him into what was the Supreme Court of the day and basically give him a chance to answer the charges, hoping Stephen would be this man who's gentle and kind, would say, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. We'll, we'll just gather amongst ourselves and we'll just take care of each other. But that's not what Stephen does. Stephen begins to boldly go, the reason that Jesus died was because of you, because of your sin and your lack of faith in him. And you're just like your ancestors who killed the prophets and the people burned with anger at this kid named Stephen, this young man named Stephen. They burned 
with, like, I'm at the age now, everybody's a kid. All right, and so it burned with rage at him. And that's where we pick up the story. Acts chapter seven, verse 54 is where we're gonna pick up today. So Acts seven fifty-four. if you got your notes, pull them out. You got a little handout on the way in. It'll be great to take notes on. If you've got the app open, all the verses are in there. And if you've got your Bible, great. All right, would you stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? You got the scene? You got what's going on? All right, time out. The mistake we always make in scripture is we just read a story and we're like, oh, that's a, that's a great story. Oh, man, this story is why we stand in this room today. Birth of a movement. Movement happened because of this story. If this story does not happen, the gospel never leaves Jerusalem. It would have just stayed there. Acts 7 Verse 54, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation that they had willingly, unwillingly helped to make the killing of Jesus happen and that they were just like their forefathers. That was their, their infuriated. And literally this means they were cut in half at this accusation and they shook their fists at him in rage. So it's not like, Stephen, you, know, you shouldn't say that. I mean, they are beyond crazy at this point. But, I love this. Stephen, what's the next word there? Pentecost happened. The Holy Spirit came and take up residence. Stephen didn't have some of them. He had all of him. Stephen was at a point, all right? We'll get back in the story. Stephen was at a point. His life was not his own. It was God's. That's, where, that's what literally, to be full of the Holy Spirit means, God, it's not about me. It's about you. Fill me up and use me. That's what that means. That makes sense to everybody? Nod with me if that makes sense. All right, here we go. Keep, keep reading with me. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed steadily into heaven. Remember, his accusers are here. They want him to look at them, but Stephen gazes into heaven, and we watch God do something that doesn't happen very often. He saw the glory of God. Literally, it was like God pulled the curtains. He lifted the blinds of heaven, and he saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus. What's the next word? In the place of honor at God's right hand, where do we normally find anytime scripture mentions Jesus, he's what at the hand of the Father? He's sitting, he's seated. Not here, he's standing. We'll talk about that in a moment. And he told the people around him, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand, and that was it. Number one, he said, I see heaven blasphemous. Secondly, he says, I see the Son of Man. Jesus only referred to himself as the Son of Man. So he gives credence to what Jesus had said, that he was the Son of God. He gives credence to that, and he saw him standing there, which nobody should even be in the presence of God, and they were done. They put their hands over their ears and they began shouting and they rushed at him and they dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him. 
His accusers took off their coats and they laid him at the feet of a young, name, young man named Saul. I want everybody to look at me. Here's what happened. So the, the trial should have happened. There should have been a conviction on the grounds of blasphemy. And the way that it would work is they would bind your hands. They would tie them behind your back. They would tie your feet and they would take you outside of town. They would put you on a pedestal six feet up. You would stand on this pedestal and then they would push you down. And if the fall did not kill you, they would take a large boulder and then they would throw and they would roll you over and they would throw this boulder on your back. If that didn't kill you, everybody who brought rocks would take the rocks and they would stone you. They would begin to throw the rocks until your life was gone. They never got to that. They were so mad. They took the rocks and they began to throw and they stoned him. And look at what Stephen prayed. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. And Saul was one of the witnesses. And he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. All the believers except the apostles were, what's the next word? through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and they buried him that morning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Father, bless the reading of your word. And Father, may the mission that they were on be our mission today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and tell somebody, I'm glad that's all we had to read because I'm tired of standing. All right, and do, it, do that real quick. Turn it, turn around. <clears throat> Powerful, man. Powerful. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and I am honored to be here because today's the day we all need. How many of you would say, let's do a little, little honesty moment here, uh, if you're new to North Shore, it's cool. You won't be alone, I promise you. All right, so if you're like, all right, in the church that I've come from, nobody's ever honest, so I'm afraid if I raise my hand that I'm gonna look stupid. You're, you're safe here. It's okay to, to, to be honest here. How many of you would say, sometimes I get lazy in my faith? Raise your hand. It's funny, isn't it? Were these people yes or no lazy in their faith? Yes or no? Oh, it was survival, baby. It was survival. The war's on. God only uses good things to move us. No, we learned very quickly in the early church, God uses the worst things sometimes to move us. You know, in our minds, we think, well, if he's gonna spread the gospel amongst the regions, then they're gonna get this great strategy and they're gonna sit in a war room and they're gonna put it up on a board and say, all right, we need a, a church here, we're gonna need a church here, we're gonna need a church here, we're gonna need a church here. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take, we're, we're gonna take Mark and I'm gonna send him here. And we're gonna take Casey and I'm gonna send him there. And I'm gonna take Jerry and I'm gonna send him there. I'm gonna take Naomi and I'm gonna send her there. That's, that's in our minds how it worked. That ain't how it worked. You know why the church left? Because they were getting killed. And who was killing them? A young man named who? Oh, you can't miss that part of the story. Saul eventually ends up becoming Paul, but don't miss the beginning of his story. 
He gave approval for what happened to Stephen. And on that early day in the church, it looked like they lost. Stephen was a good dude. It looked like they lost, but really they won. And it's your first little blank in your outline today. The win is influencing non-believers to trust Jesus. <laughs> there was no loss that day. Two thousand years later, we're still telling the story of Stephen because it is a story we all need. I'll, I'll be one hundred percent gut level honest with you. As we dive into this today, I needed it. Right? We like life easy, and we like life on cruise control, and we like life simple, and we don't want trials. When I pray for my family, I don't pray, Lord, send something tough for us. Right? I mean, I I don't do that. So we were going around at my small group of coaches and couples last year, and we were going around the room, you know, what are you praying for in, in this year? And, you know, a coach would say, well, I'm just praying, you know, I'd honor God with how I live. And another one said, well, you know, and their spouse said, well, I just pray for my family. And, you know, in 2021, I want to do this. And it got to one of the young guys in our room, I don't see him here today, but it got to one of the young coaches in our room, and he said, I'm just praying that even if God has to send tough times, I want to know him more. We're like, dude, don't pray that, all right? I mean, that's, that's not, we don't, don't say that. Well, we don't want that. That's not what the early church wanted either. But yet God used Stephen to start the movement of the early church. Stephen's faith was not left there for a history lesson for you. Stephen's faith was left there to lay a track for you. His faith was not left as memory for you to go, oh, that's, oh, yes, yes, yes. If I ever get a quiz, then I'll know how to answer the questions. That's not why he left. The purpose was to know the story. So I went to seminary, which means you, you go and take extra classes and learn more about the Bible and you do all that kind of stuff. I remember, I told this years ago, but I remember when I was a youth pastor telling the kids, my students, I was in seminary and they're like, what is that? And I was like, well, I mean, you go to school and learn more about the Bible. And he's like, and one of the kids in the, in the van I was driving said, is it like, like you take Bible math classes? I mean, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? Like there's 12 disciples in the boat, four fell out. How many are left? I'm like, you need to go to school, man. You need to go to school. So, but I remember being in seminary, one of our classes, the very first day of the class, the professor walks in and he gives us 30 pages. And he said, that 30 page document is your final exam. So now I want you to just enjoy the class. But you got a 30-page final and three pages of true-false answers. And they're going to be identical. So we go to class. We end up getting to the end. And it's me and Steve Roach, who many of y'all know here at North Star, and my, a very, I'm not going to name his name, but a very good friend of mine who lives in another part of Atlanta. He was in the class too. So we get for our little study session, the day of the final exam, and we get there and we're going through and asking the questions, make sure we knew everything. And we get to the true false part. And my friend who lives somewhere else in Atlanta goes, okay, I think I got it. True, 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 false, 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 true, 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 false, 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 true, true, true. And he gets to the end and he goes, how did I do? And Steve goes, Dude, I don't think that was the purpose of this. All right, I think the purpose was to know, right, what we were saying true and false to. What are you gonna do if he switches those? And he goes, I ain't thought about that. All right, and so I mean, the purpose of this isn't to know the story. 
purpose is to, to know the story. What did Stephen do that you and I need in a season where our faith gets lazy? Number one, ready? God uses my courageous faith. Yes or no question. Did Stephen really win that day? Yes or no? The Jewish leaders were infuriated by his accusation and they shook their fist at him. When it came to time to stand up or back down, Stephen stood up. When it came time to stand up or back down, Jesus used Stephen to stand up. God uses my courageous faith. Courage is never needed when times are easy. Courage is only needed when times are tough. Can we all agree on that? Stephen's faith was courageous and his courage told the story. His courage propelled the story. Everything said, back down and keep your mouth shut. And Stephen used his life to tell God's story with courage. I'd ask myself a question. Is my faith courageous? I want you to write this little thought down. Ready? If my faith's not courageous, it will never be contagious. If my faith is not courageous, it will never be contagious. Listen, there was not a person in that early church that didn't see what Stephen did and went, oh yeah, that's what it's going to take. He's the very first martyr of the early church. He's the very first one to lose his life for the story of Jesus. Very first. He's the first one. Ananias and Sapphira that we talked about the other week died because of their sin. And here's what Stephen's faith did. I want you to write this down. Stephen's faith planted seeds that outlasted him. Stephen's faith planted seeds that outlasted him. I was getting ready for church this morning. I was doing my devotional this morning and John 12 popped up. Listen to what Jesus said. I want you to listen. Long before this, this is probably two to three years before this event, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. So if the wheat only remains on the stalk, it dies alone but its death produces many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. I wonder that day when he taught that lesson if he thought about Stephen. That Stephen's life now was gonna be planted and it was gonna grow. God uses a courageous faith and we can never be contagious if we're not courageous. I don't follow people who don't have courage. And you find out when times are tough who leads and who doesn't, don't we? We see it in organizations, we see it on teams, we see it on ball fields, 
Point number two, God uses my prayers for unbelievers. I hope if I put myself in Stephen's place, I would have done the same thing. I don't know if I could have done what he just did, though. I want you to look at what he said. So remember, he's supposed to be tried, convicted, sentenced, and then the the stoning happens that I laid out for you earlier. That was sort of the, the, the process that would go on. It never got to the process. Every person that arrived that day, probably all the men most likely, they all brought with them a stone to throw. To hurl if needed. It was pretty common during the day. You remember Jesus showing up at the adulterous woman? You remember that? You remember when they showed up that they left there with the stone that they brought and Jesus said, you who was without sin cast the first stone and they left oldest to youngest. Same, same scenario going on. They've all got the stone and they're, they, they are, this isn't Stephen the day before. God, I forgive them and I pray for them. No, 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 This is Stephen while he's being pummeled with rock, not, not little pebble rocks, like big stone boulder as much as you could carry to throw. Listen, listen to what Stephen said. Look, look with me at the screen. Lord, don't, what does it say next? With the sin. God, don't hold, them, don't hold, don't hold it against him. I want to think in that moment I would have stood up with courage. I don't know if I would have prayed that. I may have prayed, Lord, send them to the fieriest place you could send them and you do to them what they're doing to me. I may have prayed that. I don't know if I'd have prayed that. At his lowest, Stephen prayed for those who didn't know. And one of the people that didn't know, remember what the story said, they laid their cloaks at a feet of a young man named Saul. If you're new to this story, most of the New Testament was written later by that young man when his name was changed to Paul after his conversion on the road to Damascus. That's when. So I wonder, all right, this is just, this is conjecture time. This is not... So if I was at an old church, remember old pulpits? Y'all remember the old, old pulpit that you stand behind? If I had an old pulpit that you stood behind, I would step outside of this and say, this is, thus saith the Lord, this is purely Mike's conjecture, all right? So work with me real quick. Was Saul eventually changed by the message Stephen preached or by the forgiveness that Stephen extended? I wonder. I wonder if the message would have been as powerful without the prayer that went behind it. Here's what Stephen knew at his lowest. 
My life isn't about me. My life's about him. Here's the question I wrote in my notes this morning. Is my life about my kingdom or his kingdom? That's what I wrote down this morning. I like building my kingdom in a good way. And I'm saying a good life. Not, not. I'm not trying to build like a compound we're all moving to, all right? So don't go, don't, don't go. Mike said at church, we're all moving in together. That's not what I said, all right? And so I, I, like, I like to build my life comfortable and safe and easy. That's what I'm saying. Is my life about his kingdom or is it about mine? Stephen prayed for those who didn't know and didn't even know all their names. I don't even know if he knew who Saul was. But God answered Stephen's prayer. Can I ask you a question today? Who that doesn't know Jesus are you praying for? Anybody? Who doesn't know the Lord today that you're praying for? Who prayed for you that you would meet him? Let me ask a question. Before you came to know Christ, how many of you had somebody you know was praying for the day that you met Jesus? Raise your hand. It may have been a mom or dad, a grandma, grandpa, cousin, friend, neighbor, ball, ball, teammate. God uses our courageous faith and he uses our prayers for those that don't know. And third, he uses trials, Right? He uses my trials in life. <clears throat> Here's what I want you to write down. Nothing is ever wasted when it's in the hands of God. Nothing. Nothing is wasted when it's in the hands of God. Nothing. Stephen wasn't even an apostle. Stephen wasn't one of the 11 or 12 because they... they Got a new guy in for Judas. He wasn't one of them. He was a guy who waited tables in the early church. Take care of what it was. It was a great job. But I mean, it wasn't like Stephen was the head of the church. It wasn't like God looked at Stephen one day and said, on you, I'm going to build my church. That wasn't said. That was said about Simon Peter. Wasn't said about Stephen. But Stephen knew if my life is surrendered to my father, God can use my life. Stephen lived, sent. Like he was on a mission that was bigger than him and nothing was going to deter that mission. That has been lost in our world. We have jobs and we have responsibilities and we have places to go. But I don't think every day when we get out of bed, we go, okay, God, what's your mission for me today? I don't, I don't always think that. What assignment do you have for me today? I, I don't always think that. And therefore, back to question number one of the day, we get lazy. So this isn't to you. This is just to the world in general. It's gotten really easy not to come to church. It's kind of easy. We make it easy, but it's great. It's gotten easy 
not to always live out our faith because, I mean, there's really no persecution for the most part. And in our little area, golly, everybody around here in leadership, all the leaders of this community love Jesus. It's awesome. And therefore, we take our guard off. I remember when, when North Star was starting, we're going to talk a lot about that over these coming months as we celebrate our 25th anniversary. Everywhere Ann and I went, I would end up in a conversation about God, church, Jesus, North Star. Why? Because there was nobody who came here. Like I wanted my family to eat. All right. And so I talked about it all the time. Ad nauseum. Ann's like, you're wearing a North Star church shirt, North Star church shirt again. Yeah, because I want to elicit a conversation and I want to get in a conversation. So this happened all the time. I'll always do that now. Why? Because lots of people come here now. I get lazy. It's like, we, we all do. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing lazy about this story. Yes or no question. Do people need Jesus as much now as they needed him then? Yes or no? If we don't live it, who will? If we don't tell it, who will? If I don't care, who will? Am I the answer to somebody's prayer in Iowa who's praying for their grandchild who moved to this community, who's playing ball at a school I'm chaplain for, And God has connected my life with their life. But I don't tell them. I don't show them. Is my life about me? Or is my life about living sin? North Star, I'm calling you today. In this room, watching online to live for a purpose bigger than you. That's what I'm calling you. And we're gonna hammer it for about five weeks because I need the reminder. It's not you, it's me. I'm praying for a day when people feel safe again to get out and come to church. I'm praying for that day when they feel safe. They feel safe at ball fields and stadiums, 93,000 people. For some reason, church did not feel as safe. I'm praying for that day. Why? Because our mission matters. Can we agree with that? The story matters. And your story matters too. Would you pray with me? Father, this story has gripped me for a week. God, what I do with it won't happen in here when I'm moved by what I read or said. It happens when the whistle blows and the game starts Monday morning. That's when it starts. Am I living sent or am I just living? Man, for some of us, we walked in this room today and we go, man, Mike, I... Dude, I don't know Jesus, man. I'm living on the borrowed time of my mom and dad's faith and my grandparents' faith or a friend's faith. 
Mike, I don't have boldness and courage today because I don't have anything to be bold and courageous about. Mike, while you are talking to people about living sin, I can't get past that a person would be willing to die for something like this. Mike, I don't want to live another day without Jesus. You were prayed for this morning. I want you to know that. There's a team of people that walk these rooms this morning praying for just you. Maybe a 39-year-old football coach or a 29-year-old new parent. But you say today, Mike, I need Jesus. Can I lead you in a prayer to meet him? Can I? It goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you lived for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Today, I said, Mike, for the very first time, whether you're online or in this room, and you say, I ask Jesus in my heart for the very first time today. Would you just slip your hand up right where you are today? You can slip it up, you can slip it right back down. You can slip it up, you can slip it right back down. Amen. But if you're online, those chat hosts will tell you what to do next. If you're in this room, we're in True North today, our team will tell you what's next at the end. Maybe today, though, you know, you just don't always live like it. Let me say today, Mike, I'm sick and tired of riding the bench. I'm sick and tired of just living. I want to live with a mission. I want to live with a purpose bigger than me as a real estate agent or a teacher. I don't want to just do work. I want to have a mission behind my work. I want to live sent. And I want God to know he can use me. He can use me. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be used. I don't want my life to be wasted. If that's you here today, would you just slip your hand up? Mike, that's my story. Mm. (coughs) Father, speak to our hearts.